Welcome to the Protoss Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 14th of December, and you're listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week, as reported by us. This week, celebrities from the likes of Kim Kardashian to Floyd Mayweather could be coming to a court near you. Wikipedia edits are heating up as editors ponder, are NFTs truly art? And lastly, Craig Wright could be visiting court again after Ira Kleiman threatens retrial. But first. This week began with Kim Kardashian, Floyd Mayweather and the Boston Celtics' Paul Pierce all potentially facing a trip to court. It comes after one New York-based crypto investor accused them of playing a part in the Ethereum Max pump and dump. As reported by Law360, Ryan Huberich filed a class action lawsuit in a Californian court, alleging that the team behind Ethereum Max Leverage trusted celebrities to promote and artificially inflate the price of Emacs tokens. Huberich claims that Ethereum Max's co-founders Giovanni Perone and Steve Gentile talked up the power of the coin's tokenomics, a catch-all term that helps cryptocurrencies incentivize investors and reward holders. The project was effectively a clone of crypto-powered Ponzi scheme SafeMoon. It penalized token holders for actually using their crypto and promised to burn supply with the aim to generate value through rising scarcity. It didn't work. Once they'd attracted enough buyers, Perone and Gentile allegedly offloaded their personal holdings to starstruck followers. Hubrich said that the promoter defendant's promotional activities had generated the trading volume needed for all the defendants to offload their Emacs tokens onto unsuspecting investors. He added that while all this happened, defendants were able to, and did, sell their Emacs tokens during the relevant period for substantial profits. Huberich is hoping to represent hundreds of investors who bought into Emacs between May 14th and June 17th last year. Almost $600 million worth of Emacs was traded between those dates. The price also briefly surged up to 1,000% before collapsing nearly 99%. Judging by the effect Mayweather and Pierce's messages had on Emacs's price, the team's strategy certainly appears to have worked. Pierce began shilling Emacs just weeks after he was fired from ESPN for posting a video to Instagram where he's seen drinking, smoking marijuana and partying with strippers. At the same time, Ethereum Max announced that it would be the only crypto boxing fans could use to buy tickets for the upcoming Floyd Mayweather vs. Logan Paul fight. However, come Kim Kardashian's turn to advertise the shoddy token in mid-June, Emacs had already lost much of its luster. She asked her 250 million Instagram followers, are you guys into crypto? She went on to say, this is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Ethereum Max token. She later felt the need to boast about Emacs burning 400 trillion tokens without any real context. Unfortunately for both the reality star turned business mogul and her fans, Emacs bombed nearly 70% in the days following her message. It's now practically worthless. But if the class action succeeds in bringing Mayweather to justice, it would be the boxing superstar's second run-in for illegally touting cryptocurrencies. 
In November 2018, the Security Exchange Commission charged Mayweather and professional hype man DJ Khaled with promoting failed crypto project Centra Tech without disclosing they'd been paid. Next up, free online encyclopedia Wikipedia has been accused of causing an art emergency after a group of its editors voted to remove NFTs from its top art sales list. The reason? They can't decide whether or not NFTs can be counted as actual art. As reported by Cointelegraph, an internal dispute kicked off in December when Wikipedia was considering its list of highest-grossing living artists. One of Wikipedia's pro-NFT editors, with a username not even I know how to pronounce, Pumakurdi, argued that overwhelming evidence from secondary sources means that digital artists such as Beeple or Pack should stay on the art list. Beeple, for those who haven't heard, sold his piece every day's the first 5,000 days at Christie's auction house last March for a hefty $69 million. It's considered to be the first NFT to be sold at auction and led the New York Times to describe him as the third highest selling artist alive. One pro-NFT editor at Wikipedia said, if we agree Beeple and Pack are artists, why would their sales not count on this list? I don't understand the logic here. However, after a vote on the issue, five editors said they were against listing NFTs alongside more traditional works. They said they couldn't decide whether they represented the actual artworks or were just the crypto token. They also said that there wasn't enough information available to come to a definitive conclusion. As a result, the platform has agreed to shelve its final decision for now and place NFTs in their own category. One editor who goes by the name of Jonas told Cointelegraph that Wikipedia really can't be in the business of deciding what counts as art or not. He explains how putting NFTs, art or not, in their own list makes things a lot simpler. But not everybody in the industry agrees. NFT marketplace Nifty Gateway co-founders Griffin and Duncan Cock Foster have both chimed in with more critical responses. To quote Griffin, this is pretty messed up to see. Wikipedia mods are trying to say that no NFT can be art. As in, if it's an NFT, it can't be classified as art. And lastly, to wrap up the week, Craig Wright may yet find himself back in court. Ira Kleiman, who was recently awarded $100 million in his rather anticlimactic Bitcoin lawsuit against Wright, wants the maverick Australian back in court for a retrial. He's requested a new trial alleging that Wright ignored a court order which stated information about Ira and Dave Kleiman's relationship as brothers must be excluded during his arguments in court. Ira filed his original lawsuit in February 2018, alleging that Wright's scheme to defraud Dave of 1.1 million Bitcoin, close to $48.2 billion today, plus intellectual property related to Bitcoin software. The case was effectively an attempted gotcha on Wright, since he professes to be Bitcoin's creator, but he's never actually signed a transaction with Nakamoto's private keys in public. Kleiman's logic more or less goes that if Wright is Nakamoto, he must have access to billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin mined by its creator. 
And seeing as though Ira's brother Dave allegedly helps Nakamoto create Bitcoin, it's only right that the Kleiman estate see some of that cryptocurrency. In this case, the Miami judge ruled in Wright's favour last month on six of the seven counts brought by the Kleiman estate. This means that Wright doesn't have to split the Bitcoin, which he claims is his, via the Nakamoto moniker. It's worth noting that if Wright was ordered to split the value generated by Nakamoto's Bitcoin, the court would have demanded settlement in US dollars. In the original case, Ira argued that Wright violated an oral agreement by cutting Dave off from the supposed Bitcoin stash. Wright then denied the allegations and claimed that no partnership with Dave ever existed. That verdict alone awarded $100 million to the Kleiman estate, forcing Wright to pay the sum into the company that Dave and Wright allegedly operated as partners, W&K Info Defense Research, LLC. But in a courtroom trial in Miami last November, Ira and his attorneys reportedly didn't discuss Ira's relationship with his late brother Dave. This meant jurors weren't privy to the pair's history, which has been previously explained by Ira and his lawyers. Ira's filing for a retrial explains that he was simply following the judge's explicit decision to disallow discussion about Ira and Dave's relationship. Jurors also thought this was odd. Law360 interviewed one of the jurors in the November 2021 trial. They admitted the jury found it curious that ERA's plaintiff counsel did not substantially discuss ERA and Dave's relationship. In contrast, Wright's attorneys did discuss the relationship in the courtroom, mentioning it as many as 10 times. The juror noted that testimony about this relationship by Wright's witnesses did influence the jury's decision. And so, because Wright did not follow the judge's order to not discuss this topic, Ira believes that he has the right to relitigate some claims against Wright. US Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt previously had expressed that Wright had produced forged documents and, quote, gave perjured testimony in my presence. He even confirmed that Wright has taken directly conflicting factual positions at different times during this litigation. The record is replete with instances in which Wright has proffered conflicting sworn testimony before this court. So it may well be round two for Wright and Era. As for who could be hurt if Wright loses a potential retrial, Wright's primary financial supporter is online gambling tycoon Calvin Eyre. Eyre also conveniently supports Bitcoin Satoshi Vision development via Enchain. Rumours have long circulated that Eyre provides funding for Wright's numerous legal battles against Bitcoin core developers. Ayer's publicly expressing support for Wright, alleging that developers could bear some responsibility for past hacks. Wright's website states that he serves as Enchain's chief scientist. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We realise there's only so much we can cover in under 10 minutes. So if you want more of the stories that matter, check out protoss.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protoss podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major provider for more weekly roundups.